The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $50 at WinBet and get $200 in free bets. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Sleeper. You already play fantasy on Sleeper, but now you can win cold, hard cash with their over-under game. Just head to sleeper.com slash SGP on your phone to join the SGPN group and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to one hundred dollars at sleeper.com slash sgp and of course make sure to download the sgp and app it is your home for all of our free picks and podcasts with the usfl fantasy football season safely in the rearview mirror we turn our attention to that other football league that still hasn't stopped making news and headlines yeah that's right it is the nfl and there is fantasy football still to be talked about in the nfl and we'll continue now with our divisional breakdowns uh, the AFC South is up next, and I'm bringing in the guy I love to talk football with almost as much as anybody else in the world. That's Justin Mark, and uh, we're going to break down the AFC South for fantasy purposes for you as we get into what's really about to be Justin hot and heavy draft season. Yeah, it's quick approaching, that's for sure. I mean, there's already dynasty drafts that have been going on. There's already all the other startup drafts, but uh, we are we are about to hit the stride for early early redraft drafters which by the way if you're drafting this early in a redraft don't just wait (laughs) there's so much more to happen between now and when the season kicks off i don't know i mean research is one thing yes please listen to these podcasts continue to devour the content on the sports gambling podcast network website but just by all means please don't draft yet (laughs) yeah i never understood the early drafting i know some people they just want to get it out of the way and I'm the same. I, I'm, I get excited about it, but every time you draft early, it's it always ends up bad. And you always have at least one player, it seems like, that goes down and is out for the season. And usually it ends up being like one of your top picks. And, and yeah, just wait. Wait till the uh, you get through some training camps and, and get kind of into that preseason and then draft. Especially this season with as much movement as we've seen with as many new faces on new teams that that we're actually witnessing right now it's it's hard to see how things are going to shake out and I think you got to get a little bit of training camp underneath you in fact they've got to get training camp underneath them to try to figure out what they have on their rosters now so um you know, just, just hang tight. Now, unless, of course you're in a Scott Fishbowl league and then of course you're gonna have to draft when everybody drafts, but I think you'll take that hit <laughs> for being yeah. there. Agreed. Uh, speaking of which, I'm hopeful for a live draft. Uh, San Francisco is calling. Uh, I, I'm signed up for it, so let's hope that I get it and uh, get a chance to hang out with some cool other folks in there in San Francisco and, and draft. So that'll be fun. For sure. Very cool. Uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and start our AFC South breakdown with the team that finished dead last in the division and will once again get the first pick in this current NFL, or they did get the first pick, rather, in the NFL draft that just happened. <laughs> so much football, Justin. I don't know <laughs> Right. Uh, that did get the first pick in the draft, and that is, of course, the Jacksonville Jaguars, finishing in the South with a whopping 3-14 and record. Uh, they, they said they were a quarterback away from turning the thing around. Justin, that, that did not happen. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence really struggled, um, something that people weren't used to seeing him do. I mean, he was a very winning quarterback. I think high school and college, he lost two games 
total, I believe. So to see him lose so many, um, that I kind of had a feeling though, he was going to struggle at least the first year and it, the pieces aren't exactly around him or they weren't anyways. Now they went on a huge spending spree, uh, for the free agency, but, um, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see if he can kind of break out his sophomore year or if he'll continue to struggle. And, and again, you know, the thing is, is that they they were never just a quarterback away from, from winning anything really, to be honest with you, because there was so many glaring errors that were happening all around, even, even last or 2020 when they had Minshew, Minshew mania and Glennon, you know, they got sacked a good 44 times. So that tells you right now that the quarterback is always going to be under pressure. They didn't do a whole lot to address the front line to protect Trevor Lawrence, but they were just like, heck yeah, let's get a quarterback that can get us out of trouble. But unfortunately, you kept him in trouble. He got sacked 32 times by himself last season. Trevor Lawrence was one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league and just could not find any purchase. 3,641 yards, 12 touchdowns. 17 I'm sorry uh yeah 17 interceptions it was just a rough year for him altogether yeah it really was um just you know getting beat up when you're trying to learn the NFL speed of the game and your your new offense and everything and you're getting hit that many times it's just it's a recipe for disaster it's a recipe for all sorts of disaster. When you don't have, I mean, look, he had James Robinson to sort of bail him out. Obviously, they brought in Travis Etienne to help the running game as well, but we know what happened to him. Got injured, couldn't play. But James Robinson came back for a, a decent second season, about as good a second season as you could have under the circumstances on this team. Uh, he carried the ball 164 times, 767 yards, eight touchdowns. Uh, not bad at a 4.7 yard per average, and really he only played in in 14 games total too. So, uh, you know you gotta gotta put your hats off to the guy because he, he thought he was going to be the man coming into this season, uh, and, and unfortunately when Travis Etienne got drafted, that sort of went by the wayside. And then they were like, oh by the way, he got hurt. You're the man again. Yeah, um, you know it's too bad for James Robinson because I think he's a very talented back. Um, he had his ups and downs last year as far as fantasy football goes, but I think that's kind of with the team flow. I mean, there was a lot of games where they couldn't do anything right, but he's a he's a very talented back. Um, I I don't know if he has a lot of fantasy value going into this year with ETN. Um, I assume they're probably going to. Uh, view ETN as their RB1, though that could change through training camps. But yeah, um, it, it is kind of unfortunate for him. He's been kind of dealt that bad situation, basically. We kind of glossed over the fantasy value of Trevor Lawrence. Is there a is there a season, or is there a situation, rather, in which you can see yourself taking any sort of risk on, uh, on Trevor Lawrence as a QB1? <laughs> Not as a QB one. I mean, I might pick him up for a backup, um, especially if you're looking like uh, for a bye week or for just you know backup if you have an injury. QB two league um, or a super flex type thing, then he might have some value there because obviously you're drafting two quarterbacks to start basically. Um, and I could see some value there for him because. He has thrown for a decent chunk of yards. You know, he had 3,600 last year. If he can bring the interceptions down and the touchdowns up, then that would obviously make him quite a bit more fantasy relevant. I don't know. 
I don't know that I want to take a chance on him at all. Uh, he's going off right now as QB 19 uh, in sleeper. His sleeper draft position is QB 19, <laughs> 156 overall. Just, yeah, obviously he's a back-end QB 2 and somebody that if you really want to take a flyer on as your QB 2, go ahead. But, yeah, again, I think I'm, I'm okay waiting to see where the, the second QB falls to me. And, and if it's not Trevor Lawrence, then... I'm okay. So now I guess the debate really in this is James Robinson or uh, Travis Etienne. I, I know, like you said, Travis Etienne probably going to be the the running back one for them because that's what they drafted him to be. So where does this put both of them in your in your situation, in your rankings? Yeah, I think they're going to kind of step on, on each other as far as production goes. Um, so that's going to be kind of a pain when you approach it fantasy-wise. So I... I don't know if I would draft either of them at this point um, as even an RB2. Definitely flex um, with high upside because if they start going with ETN primarily and they're not splitting that backfield or if one of them gets injured, you know, then you have really high upside. But I don't know if you can draft them counting on them to put up RB2 numbers. Well, and you look at where ETN's getting drafted right now on Sleeper. He's going as the 23rd running back overall in standard, 48th in PPR. It's kind of high for a guy who, again, hasn't been proven to us yet and is on a very bad offense. Yeah, definitely. And you never know how somebody's going to bounce back from an injury like that. So without seeing him play um, and get those in-game reps, we don't know if he was going to be good in the NFL to begin with. I mean, we all thought he was. He he passed the eye test, but we never really got to see him play much. So now to draft him that high after an injury, that seems crazy to me. For reference, James uh, Robinson going as 38th overall in standard, 39th overall in PPR. So, you know, just uh, it depends on where you're comfortable taking either one of them. They're, they're fairly close together as far as running backs on the same team. But, uh, yeah, certainly not somebody that I think I want to touch. I was pretty good on James Robinson a couple of years ago and, and really thinking high of him going into this year. But, again, not necessarily panning out. For the receiving core, they now have some players. Uh, and, and not that they didn't before, but you add Zay Jones, you add Marvin Jones, you add Christian Kirk on top of LaVisca Chenault, on top of uh, a guy like now Laquan Treadwell, does this does this receiving core turn any heads now in in the year of their rebuild? Yeah, I don't know. Um, for what they paid Christian Kirk, I was not sold on him getting that kind of money as a wide receiver one. Uh, I don't think he's a bad player, but I I don't know if I view him as a player who's going to consistently get you a thousand yard receiving seasons. Um, and that's what they need out of him. And if you're going to draft him fantasy-wise, that's what you're going to want out of him as well, being that wide receiver one there. So it, it, the whole team in general, I'm probably staying away from fantasy-wise. I don't I don't know if I will draft anybody on the Jaguars um, unless I'm taking a huge flyer on C.J. Beathard, the backup quarterback, because just because he's from Iowa. I mean, he <laughs> played at Iowa, and you got to love C.J. Beathard. Ah, come on. You're not on the LaVisca <laughs> Chenault train, Justin? Come on. Uh, 
maybe as a bench player that that could have some upside. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Bi week fill in is what I th- I see Lavisca Chenault as again because you look at the three that are above him. You know, Kirk Jones and and Jones, uh, the law firm of Kirk Jones and Jones. <laughs> that's just to me, Zay Jones is is a guy that I think needed to get in an offense where he can get a quarterback to uh, to pay attention to him. And Trevor Lawrence may very much pay attention to him. So we'll see how that pans out. Obviously, we've seen the what we've seen out of Marvin Jones, right? I mean, a long time on the Lions. Uh, we know what he can do. And then, of course, Tristan Kirk fighting to be the number one receiver in Arizona. Never could quite get there because of the guys above him, uh, be it Fitzgerald, be it Hopkins. Uh, but now he gets a chance to prove it, and, and maybe we see it. Yeah, all these guys have had some great games, right? Um, we've seen them all succeed. Now it's a matter of can they put it together consistently for the season? Um, and I just, at this point, I don't know if I trust. Without seeing Lawrence really take a step up, without seeing that the run game can be successful, I don't know if I see any of them being consistent as far as you can rely on them each week fantasy-wise. Yeah, I'm not sure either. And let's wrap it up with the tight end position. Evan Ingram, that's that's a name that's new too, uh, comes over from the Giants to this team. Does he help Trevor Lawrence? Or does Trevor Lawrence help Evan Ingram? I think so. Um, you know, the offense they're going to run is going to benefit Evan Ingram. He kind of fell off the face of the earth almost for the Giants the last year there. And I think this will be a step up for him um he's kind of one of the guys he's the i guess he is the one player that i would be looking at on the jaguars to kind of be a sleeper because i could see them um kind of dumping it off to him quite a bit uh, especially if that pressure continues on lawrence and he needs bailed out i would say that he pretty much would equal dan arnold and james o'shaughnessy from last season where they both combined for somewhere in the vicinity of what is it 568 yards to total um, I, I think that's something that even Evan Ingram, Evan Ingram can do by himself uh, if we see Trevor Lawrence improve. So, yeah, I mean, look, we know that Evan Ingram, we know the story of him in, in New York. I mean, he was a talented player, obviously, but it just felt like that offense could never figure out how to make anything work, let alone make him a, a household name at the tight end position. Yeah, I'm going to project 670 yards and five touchdowns we'll sound clip that and see if it's a good call or a bad call (laughs) you see this is what i love about you you're always thinking ahead because now you're thinking about you want to get those calls in so that when you write the article at the end of the year you've got enough of them in your pocket (laughs) that's right (laughs) always thinking ahead uh all right let's move over to the uh houston texans (sighs) what a mess (laughs) What a mess the Houston Texans have been. What a mess the Houston Texans continue to be. Uh, last season, they finished 4-13, and which was third in the AFC South. Uh, they are, for better or for worse, still running out Davis Mills as their quarterback. Tyrod Taylor, a thing of the past for the most part. Um, but this Texas team, this Texans team, very much just, uh, I think, still hanging on to the bottom. Justin, I don't know for fantasy purposes how much more I want out of uh, these players as well. But uh, tell me your initial, besides the word yucky, uh, what's your initial thought <laughs> of the Texans coming into the 2022 season? Well, I mean, I was shocked that they were going to roll, roll with Davis Mills. And it's not because he's a bad player. He did show some flashes on a really bad team where he had very little help of being a successful quarterback. But he's just not a guy that has 
uh, that wow factor, right? I don't see much wow factor. So he's definitely somebody that um, he could succeed. He could put it all together. But again, the the supporting cast around him is not that great. They, they I don't feel like they put enough pieces together to help him succeed. And so he's not going to help your fantasy team succeed. Not even in a two-quarterback league, in my opinion. There's just no value in that. Last season, uh, in 13 games, he started 11 of them. He had 394, uh, I'm sorry, 263 completions on 394 attempts. 2,664 yards, 16 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Not glaring numbers and really, again, not anything that you would want in a in a quarterback, even in a two-quarterback league. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and just a, if that... Um game rate continued he would have finished with 3700 passing yards 22 touchdowns 12 interceptions so again not terrible but not enough to win you a league that's for sure not even really enough to win you a week to be honest with you there was <laughs> there was very few times where you could say yeah i'm de- even in a bye week you know what i'm saying like there's some times where you could put a, a quarterback in in a bye week and be like ah he can win me this week now you look at what his game logs were. He had one, two games with over 300 yards, or three games if you count week 17, which I'm sure you can, but most people were in the championships and nobody was playing Davis Mills in their championship. Right. <laughs> I guarantee you that. But in two games where he could have played for you, he had three, two 300-yard games, and uh, only once in that span, too, did he throw for more than two touchdowns. And yeah, I mean, again, there's not a lot there. In fact, in week four, he threw four interceptions, no touchdowns and 87 yards against Buffalo. So, I mean, Davis Mills, totally hands off. I'm not even touching him as a, a buy replacement. Yeah, and he's not a mobile guy either. So it's not somebody who you can say, well, maybe he'll get me, you know, uh, 40 rushing yards or something. Um, he had 44 all year last year. So he's not going to get you any type of rushing value. Well, speaking of rushing value, his running backs may not even get him any rushing value as <laughs> they welcome in Marlon Mack, Rex Burkhead. They've got Damian Pierce now, uh, Dare Ojibwane, and uh, Freeman. I just like a list of names that you don't necessarily... This is the list of names of you who waited six rounds to draft a running... This is zero RB. The, the, the Houston Texans are employing a zero RB right in front of your face yeah no doubt and i don't know if you hang around sleeper or not but marlon mack is the most popular name on there anything that happens in the nfl how does this affect marlon mack's value so um you know maybe he will be able to provide some value to the uh, the texans i don't think he was a bad player he got hurt and then just got replaced for the colts basically um but he's somebody who has had value in the past whether that's going to translate over to being able to carry the team, I don't think so. I don't think they've done enough on their offensive line even to help that. Um, Damien Pierce has some interesting future value, but he's just somebody I'm drafting in the late rounds in a dynasty league thinking, hey, I can maybe keep this guy on my team for an- another couple years when he is better. How far the mighty have fallen, though? The Texans used to have a feared running game, right? I mean, there was somebody where you were like, oh, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take a Texans running back. It could be one or two of them even, and, and, and they'd do well. But now you look at last season, Rex Burkhead, 122 carries, 427 yards, three touchdowns, and he led the team. <laughs> that, 
Mark Ingram played in seven games, 294 yards and a touchdown. David Johnson, 228 yards in 13 games. Philip Lindsay got in the mix with 130 yards on 50 carries. It just the it, it just did not look good for them at all. Well, and those are all guys that have been good too. If you think about Burkhead, who was good on the Patriots, Ingram, Johnson, Lindsay. I mean, they've all had success and could not find it here. Now, whether that's because they're declining or this team just can't put it together, maybe a little A, maybe a little B. But um, yeah, I don't see that turning around for running backs this year for the Texans. That's definitely a stay away. I forgot Royce Freeman too. <laughs> <laughs> remember him philip Lindsay, yeah. royce freeman those names should sound familiar to you uh but yeah that's another situation that i'm i'm gonna go ahead and just stay away from as well i'm again marlon mack to me flex at best on this offense if if 400 yards for a, a running back was the ceiling on this team last year i don't know how all of a sudden marlon mack is going to turn this into a thousand yard backfield i just i don't see it yeah, no, I agree. I see kind of some of the same, and they have a tougher schedule for running backs too, so that's always something to keep an eye on. A couple of players in the receiving game, though, that are tempting, and Brandon Cooks is always tempting. Justin, maybe it's because I have a soft spot for Brandon Cooks because we both went to the same high school, or maybe it's because uh, I just see him year in and year out toiling away on teams that just don't deserve his talent. He put together yet another 1,000-yard season on 90 catches, six touchdowns, which far and away led this team in, in receiving yards and once again proves that even on a bad team, he is a wide receiver one and somebody that you should be targeting in the early rounds in your receiver. Or if he slips a little bit into round two and three and he's there, grab him because he's definitely value. Yeah, and he is somebody that could definitely slip because you look, you're going to have a lot of people that go, eh, Davis Mills is throwing to him, so I don't trust him as much. But he's a target machine. No matter who is throwing to him, he is uh, getting the targets and not doing a bad job as far as converting those targets into receptions and yards. Uh, he had 134 targets last year. The next closest on that team was 60. So he's somebody that the quarterback knows they can rely on and I don't think I don't see that changing. He's going to continue to just be a target monster, and that's going to look good for your fantasy football team because he's going to come down with so many of those. And the amount of disrespect on his name uh, in wide receiver as a standard uh, wide receiver in sleeper, he's going off as wide receiver 31, 75th overall PPR wide receiver 29, 72nd overall. I mean, he's a thousand yard receiver like how many more thousand yard receivers are you take 28 of them I, I don't know man like to me give me brandon cooks yeah i agreed he finished 20th um as the 20th wide receiver last year and that was with missing a game and then of course we know they've had inconsistent quarterback play so um him and davis mills have another year under their belt together now so you would expect that to help as well um, yeah, I'm definitely would draft him as a top 20 wide receiver, even top 15, I would say. Yeah. And you look at the supporting cast around him. Uh, Nico Collins comes back again. He, he showed out pretty well, 446 yards, 33 catches and a touchdown last season. Uh, it looks like they're bringing back, uh, Chris Connolly. Chris Connolly was third on the team with 323 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, no Danny Amendola this season, unfortunately. But uh, you do get the likes of uh, John Mechie. You have Philip Dorsett now. Um, 
you know, you, you've got a decent amount of receivers around Davis Mills, but I still think Brandon Cooks comes out as your number one. Yeah, agreed. Uh, the, the nice thing they have done with this receiver core, if you look at like Cooks, Mechie, and Dorsett, those are some fast guys, even Collins. So they do have some speed there, but I agree. It's, it's Cooks um, and the rest are just going to kind of be your role players, your guys that you look on, your bye weeks if you might need to throw somebody in. Um, otherwise, it's, it's Cooks or nothing. Currently, Jordan Brevin is listed as the main tight end in this group. He had 20 catches, 178 yards, three touchdowns last season. But this is a tight end position, which I am completely okay with staying 100% away from. Yeah, tight end position is hard anyways. And these guys, there's no reason to draft them. Not even a little. And again, I think the only player out of this entire team that I would touch is Brandon Cooks. That's the only player that is fantasy relevant, for me anyways, on the Houston Texans. You can fight me on Marlon Mack if you want, uh, Sleeper, but I am i don't see it, and I don't know that anybody else really should see it. Yeah, I agree. Um, the, the only other one is just looking way into the future at Damian Pierce for dynasty value, um, and, and that might not even be there. It depends how this team functions. It depends how the running back room plays out. Um, but he's really the only one I'm looking for at future value. You could make an argument for Mechie, but I, I agree. It's cooks or nothing for the yeah. Texans. Yeah. Uh, do you think Davis Mills comes back next season as not this coming 20, but 2023 is Davis Mills, the quarterback of the Texans? You know, it, it'll really depend how he develops here, but I, I, this is not a disc that did Davis Mills. I think he could ask. I just think that he's a, um, up quarterback in the NFL so I boom so I think they he probably puts up mediocre numbers again and they look elsewhere yeah I do too uh all right just just for reference to Marlon Mack going off as the running back 52 in standard leagues on sleeper 49th in PPR uh at running back so we're talking flex position not even on the radar so I guess the consensus is is happy that Marlon Mack is not going to be good so we'll <laughs> We'll hope that flies with that. Uh, all right. Well, two down, two to go. When we come back from the break, we'll take a look at the top two teams in the AFC South and break them down for you fantasy style. But first, let's talk to you about win. Make sure to get down on wins. Bet $50 to win $200 promotion where a $50 bet qualifies you for up to $200 in free bets. You want the ultimate fantasy football experience? Win's got it for you. If you bet $500 or more on sports or casino before July 31st, you can get entered to win the ultimate fantasy football draft experience at Encore Beach Club, including a two-night stay at Wim Resort for you and your entire league. Go ahead and throw multiple entries at this because it is allowed. So much to choose from. All you got to do is download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to get started. Offer subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where play-through WinBet is available. If you or some you know, as a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Let's move on to Sleeper. It's the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. Maybe three, maybe four, maybe 10. I know I use it for all 10 of mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you can make money on Sleeper too by playing the new over-under game. It is super simple and I love simple because I'm a simple guy. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like. Then pick the over-under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then you choose the amount of money you want to enter.
enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money that you put in. And the reason that I sound like the Micro Machine Man on this is because I'm excited about the Over Under on Sleeper. It's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and we can all play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see more importantly, copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing right now. Download the Sleeper app to play the new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money on your mobile phone by joining our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP. Oh, I'm sorry, S-G-P-N-B-A. That's sleeper.com S-G-P. B and B A and sleeper will automatically match first deposit up to $100. That's right. Join our squad right now. Get the hundred percent deponent deposit bonus match at sleeper.com slash S G N B A terms and conditions apply. See sleepers terms of use for details. You like coffee? I like coffee. Can you tell? I like trade coffee though is really what I like because trade coffee is not just regular coffee. I can't walk up and down the aisles of my store, pick out that coffee. No, Trade Coffee does it for me. They connect me to the freshest and best tasting coffee that I've ever made at home. And they do this by partnering with the country's best craft roasters, independent businesses from big cities, from small towns. And I impact these, uh, I'm impactful for these independent roasters because they're often the largest source of new growth for them. I love trade because the experts taste the coffee for me and tell me that it's good. And I trust everything that experts say. <laughs> But trade experts actually test 450 kinds, thousands of, of coffees, so they can give me 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. And if I don't like it on the first match, they will talk to me, walk me through the process, find me a coffee that will work for me, and send me that new brag for free. I love trade. You should love trade. And right now, trade is offering you as a new subscriber a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash SGP. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash SGP. Let trade find you a coffee you are going to love. That's drinktrade.com slash SGP for $30 off. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode does not actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you may as well be giving away your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That is why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It is literally that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited, on unlimited devices without sacrificing on your speed. So your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. So whether I'm at home or in public, I do not go online anymore without using IP Vanish. So use IP Vanish. It's incredible. It's offering a 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with 30-day money-back guarantee. It's like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you got to use is tap one button and you are instantly protected. You won't even know that it's on. That's the best part about it. So stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, everything you buy. Take back your privacy today with the brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com slash SGP. Use the promotional code SGP and claim your 70% off savings. That is ipvanish.com slash SGP. We continue on with the powerful and mighty AFC South of the National Football League. 
Uh, Justin, I don't know that anybody has put those two words together when we talk about the AFC South. But <laughs> you're half. I feel like you're half right. I'm, well, we're half getting, of them are powerful. <laughs> yeah, we're getting to the half that's a little more powerful than the rest, and uh, that is the well. And so now I don't know because here we go with another team that has a bunch of new faces uh, that we're going to have to work through exactly what uh, what they're going to do for the team, and that is, of course, we talk about the Indianapolis. Formerly the Baltimore a long time ago, Colts. Uh, and yeah, I mean, look, for the Colts, this is going to be a different year altogether. So I'm not sure that breaking down 2021 is even a thing. They finished nine and eighth, obviously second in the AFC South, but lots of new faces on this team, lots of new offensive uh, players to break down, not the least of which is the guy throwing the ball, as now, instead of Carson Wentz, <laughs> who poor guy we talked about his <laughs> what what's happening to him but now uh matt ryan comes into the mix obviously long time atlanta falcon so justin step up step down definitely step up from carson Wentz. i know matt ryan is at the back end of his career and he does not sling it as well as he did in his early years but i still think he um is a, is a step up from Carson Wentz for sure. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that. I, again, not that, you know, again, Carson Wentz, far superior football player than I am. Uh, I will never claim <laughs> that I can do his job, nor can a lot of people that, you know, aren't doing his job right now. Uh, but even still, Matt Ryan, seasoned veteran, lots of lots of time in this league, over 8,000 um, attempts, over 59,000 yards in this league, 367 touchdowns in his career. Like, that is a storybook career. Maybe not a Hall of Fame right off the jump, but uh, he's still got a couple of years to prove that he can he can maybe get there. So, yeah, I mean, this instantly improves the Colts' passing offense. Uh, they already have a very strong running offense, but this definitely improves the passing offense. You look at what he did last year, Matt Ryan. 3,968 yards. His first non-4,000-yard season since 2011. How crazy is that? He wasn't too far off either, though. Yeah, that is crazy. And if you look at the supporting cast he had on the Falcons as far as the receivers with Russell Gage being his wide receiver one, um, it really is impressive that he got that close to 4,000. Julio Jones really kind of gave him that boost i mean that that was a free thousand yards that was like a free bingo square for him just <laughs> here's a free thousand yards go ahead and try to find three thousand yards somewhere else on the team and so but he did it i mean he did it a lot and you and you saw last year the effect of not having julio jones even in like 30 percent of julio jones to be honest with you no oh, for sure because I feel like 30% of Julio Jones would have gotten him the last uh, 30, 32 yards that he would have needed to get to 4,000 at least. So um, no, we'll see. no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see for sure. Uh, but he does have uh, a good running back. We talked about it a lot. Jonathan Taylor, a consensus first rounder, consensus probably top pick in a lot of drafts that I'm seeing going around, uh, number one overall. But my question, Justin, is we've seen this a lot over the years. We saw it with Christian McCaffrey. We saw it with Derrick Henry. We see it with these guys that we crown and anoint the number one pick overall. And then all of a sudden, by the end of the season, we're like, oh, man, I, I didn't necessarily waste my first overall pick, but I sure did not get the production that I wanted out of him. So is this a season where Jonathan Taylor tears it up again or – are we going to see a little regression? 
you might see a little regression there, but um, you know, I'm still approaching every draft as he's the RB one and he's going to finish the RB one. I think him and um, Matt Ryan create a really nice symbiotic relationship. And the fact that Ryan's ability to throw the ball downfield takes pressure off of Taylor and Taylor's ability to run the ball so well takes pressure off of Matt Ryan. So I really see this working out well for the Colts. 1,800 yards, 18 touchdowns, uh, not too active in the passing game, 360 yards on 40 receptions all season long. But, you know, Jonathan Taylor was a force to be reckoned with. And, yeah, I mean, to me, that's that's not going to slow down any, especially with Matt Ryan, because Matt Ryan has played with his fair share of, of good running backs as well, and he's made them uh, better. You look at what Freeman did once upon a time with him in the backfield. Uh, you know, you just know that he can play with good running backs and, I think it's a compliment to to what's happened. Now, I don't know that we're going to get 1,800 yards again out of Taylor. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that they needed him because Carson Wentz was Carson Wentz. So maybe we do see the passing game open up a little bit for uh, for Matt Ryan. But here's the thing. like Michael Pittman is his lead pass catcher. And then after that, it kind of feels like a, huh, right? With Paris Campbell is, is uh, listed as a receiver, Alex Pierce, or Alec Pierce, rather. Uh, you've got other guys like, yeah, that's it. I mean, the, the, really, Pittman is the only, and Paris Campbell are the only two names that really garner any sort of recognition. Yeah, and and I think that's where Matt Ryan will help this team because he's been good. I mean, you saw last year with, you had um, Russell Gage and Olamide Zacchaeus were his top guys, and that was it. So I think this is, even though you don't have a lot of those big names, I think he can make it work and he can, he can spread the ball around enough that um, they can move the ball down the field. But from a fantasy standpoint, I don't know if any of them aside from Pittman really jump out at me. Yeah, that's to me, Pittman is probably the only one and Pittman largely in the same conversation as Brandon Cooks, right? He was the only 1,000-yard receiver on this team last year. Uh, He had 1,082 yards, six touchdowns on 88 catches. The next best receiver in terms of yardage was Zach Pascal with 384 yards on 38 catches. So, I mean, we're not even talking in the same ballpark as the the guy who got the next set of passes. So, Michael Pittman is going to be another one of those good receivers on a bad team, a lot like Brandon Cooks. And I'm... I'm okay with taking him again in that second round, in the back end of the first round. If I if there are already folks that are flying off the board, um, but I think Pittman's in for a better season than than he had last year with Carson Wentz. Yeah, I agree, and he's another guy that when you look at his target share, he had 129 targets. The next best was 69, so definitely getting looked at a lot. And um, I, so I think Pittman will continue to get looked at a lot, and that with like you said, Ryan throwing to him instead of Wentz, that's going to help him out. Pittman going off as wide receiver 21 in standard on sleeper and wide receiver 19 uh, in PPR. Overall, what, 55th pick in standard, 51st pick in the uh, PPR league. So somewhere in the back end of that fourth round. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to wait and he's still there in that area, I definitely would pick him up because, again, that's a – that's a valuable wide receiver, too, that has vi- wide receiver one upside just about every single week. And now, like I said, a situation getting better uh, with Matt Ryan. I'm okay with that. Uh, look around. No T.Y. Hilton, right? We're, we're done with T.Y. Hilton, unfortunately, uh, in Indianapolis. But I still love T.Y. Hilton. I got a soft spot for that guy. 
Yeah, he's somebody that uh, you know I took last year, and he kind of disappointed me. But it, you just the the history that he has and the ability that he had shown, um, it's hard not to root for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk about some backup uh, running backs real quick because the tight end Mo Alley Cox. I'm not necessarily sure that he. I know that uh, Matt Ryan has played with his fair share of uh, fantastic tight ends as well, but I'm not sure that we could put Mo Alley Cox in that conversation. 316 yards last year on 24 receptions, four touchdowns. So the touchdowns were were semi there for a tight end, but yeah. Are you touching Mo Alley Cox? No, but don't skim over the tight ends here because I do have a strong opinion on one of them. Ooh, hit um, it. I want to hear. Yeah, it. so. So if if anybody listened to this show last year and heard me go on about how Tommy Tremble will get um, good future value, I have a, another guy here in Jelani Woods. I really like Jelani Woods. You know, he went to Oklahoma State and then transferred to Virginia and did really well at Virginia. I know he's listed as their third tight end right now, but he's he's a very athletic guy. Um, I could really see him ex selling and it's another it's a thing where maybe not this year right but if you're looking into deeper dynasty leagues that's definitely a name i would put on my list where if he's hanging around those last rounds which he's going to be nobody's going to be drafting him i don't think then i would scoop him up and keep him on your roster if you have the space because i think he's got a lot of future value Ooh, i love it and and look you you kind of nailed it there a little bit with treble so you know you're, I, I love I love your goodness. He's projected the the starter this year, so we'll see how that pans out for him. <laughs> Look at you! See, it's the prognosticator of prognosticators. Uh, <laughs> all right, so I love that. So Jelani Woods, keep your eye on him. He's number eighty on the roster. Keep your eye on him throughout training camp and see how he does, and if he makes this squad, and if uh, you know you can stash him on your bench, especially in a what you say a dynasty for sure. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, two things, real quick. Uh, what does Naheem Hines do for you? Uh, coming into this season because uh, he's back there with Philip Lindsay as well. Remember that name? Uh, those two guys, do they move any needles for you? Uh, Philip Lindsay, I don't think does. I mean, he's a great player. I just don't think he's going to get the opportunity with uh, Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines. Hines has some PPR flex value. Um, he's very good catching the ball out of the backfield, and they like to use him that way. So, He's somebody that they'll they'll sit um, Jonathan Taylor and trot Naheem Hines out there for your pass passing down. So that's definitely a name to keep an eye on PPR wise, anyways. Yep, but I'm sure more of a flex, more of a even a bye week fill in if you need it in a PPR mm-hmm. uh, for sure. All right, let's move on to the champs, the AFC South champions, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, man, for. As much as we say that they were good, I don't know why I still feel like sometimes you look at them and say, were they really that good? They were 12-5, and five, obviously finished in the, in the top of the AFC South. Did a lot of it in the back end of it without Derrick Henry, uh, who probably could have ran for 6,000 yards had he just been turned loose. Uh, but, you know, Ryan Tannehill continues to be the quarterback there. Last season threw for 3,734 yards, 21 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Tannehill not necessarily always known as the most uh, prolific when it comes to yards and touchdowns because he has Derrick Henry, but uh, still a, a good quarterback and somebody that I am still okay with taking in a two-quarterback league. I still don't know that I want him as my first quarterback. I tried that. I tried that last season. <laughs> Certainly did not work for me. Uh, so I don't know that I'm snake bitten and I may just take him in a two quarterback league this year. Yeah. He's always a tough one to peg because he gets these couple games where it's like, why do I have him on my roster even? And then he blows up 
Um, and it just seems like a little bit of a roller coaster, sneaky rushing value for rushing touchdowns. So he had seven last year. So that, you know, that is kind of one of the reasons if you're uh, looking for a, a high upside QB two or super flex, Tannehill's definitely somebody to keep an eye on because he does get more rushing touchdowns than you would expect when they have Derrick Henry on the roster. And Derrick Henry, a, a full season of him next season. I don't, again, I don't see that slowing him down much at all because it, it hasn't slowed him down really at all. And, and by say, when I say slow down, I don't mean like he's a, you know, a barn burner quarterback, but the, the production for him is the same regardless of, of Derrick Henry's uh, health, to be honest with you. You didn't see a big spike in production when Derrick Henry went out uh, because they actually had very, very competent folks behind Derrick Henry that actually ended up taking the, the ball as well. So, you know, to me, this this Titans team is still probably going to be the class of the field, um, and, and I, I just feel like there's nobody that's going to topple them behind them. So these guys will continue to be able to play from the lead. Uh, they'll be able to lean on Derrick Henry, who, again, like I said, last year in eight games, 219 carries, 937 yards, 10 touchdowns in not even a half a season since we're in 17 games. Like, that's insane. Yeah, what's really crazy is so he got hurt in week eight and didn't play after that. And I don't think he was passed as the rushing leader until like week 12, I think it was. So that just shows you how much of a leg up on the competition he has. He's a, an incredible running back. Um, he's somebody that when he did get hurt, it was kind of a surprise because we all thought that he was invincible. Uh, but I expect him to bounce back. I don't think because of his history of being so tough and being able to not get injured. I don't think it's going to be a thing where, you know, like Christian McCaffrey is now kind of looked at as injury prone. I don't think you have to worry about that with Derrick Henry. No. And, and again, with Derrick Henry, it's just, you know what you get out of Derrick Henry year after year after year. But here's what's interesting, right? Because of Jonathan Taylor and his breakout performance last season, now Derrick Henry has slid. And I say slid because now he is the third. He's the third running back taken in standard, third running back taken in PPR, and pretty much the third overall pick in everybody's draft on sleeper. Uh, and so he used to be the number one. Like last season, I he was consensus number one, and and there was no there was no doubt about it. Now there's a couple of people that are are above him. So if you have that number two, number three pick, you're pretty much assured to get Derrick Henry. And look. Honestly, Justin, if that's the first pick in my draft, I'm not hating my draft. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I probably, I would take Jonathan Taylor over him just because of his age. And he does get involved more in the, the passing game. Derrick Henry is not a guy that catches a lot of passes. Um, but I'm happy with either of them, honestly. You know, if, if I end up changing at the last second, when I, if I do have the first pick and I take Henry, I'm not kicking myself for not taking Taylor. I'm, I'm happy with either. Yeah, and well, so now you look at Derrick Henry's backup because now, obviously, if you're gonna dare, if you're gonna draft Derrick Henry, uh, you're definitely gonna want to back him up with somebody. Uh, Dante Foreman no longer with the team, uh, and and really, he's got Dontrell Hillard backing him up now. And Dontrell Hillard, 350 yards, two touchdowns on 56 carries uh, in in five, eight games total for the Titans. And is this the guy you want to back up uh, Derrick Henry if he goes down? Um, I don't know if he even provides enough value to have the handcuff. You know, I know people love their handcuffs, but if your handcuff doesn't provide any value, really, then I don't even think it's worth taking your roster spot. Um, I'd be more inclined to take Hassan Hoskins 
out of Michigan. Um, I think he's projected RB3 now, but I could see him surpassing Hillard there and taking over if Henry is hurt. And then you also have a, a young rookie guy that has some upside. So I think I would take him before I would take Hillard. And thank you for saying that. Like for me, I, I hear this year in and year out where they're like, oh, you got to handcuff your bet. You got to handcuff. And like, look, it, the, most of the time you're not drafting the same type of, of running back that you're going to try to replace. Like I'm better off finding a, a fringe uh, running back two on another team rather than the backup to the main guy like Derrick Henry. Because when Derrick Henry goes down, you're not going to get that same production out of him. And it's just frustrating to try to find it. It's frustrating to draft with, you know the, the backup and then have it come in and lose you weeks because it's not the same type of production. Yeah, and I think if you can get away from that mentality of you don't need a handcuff, um, you'll find it pretty interesting to watch these fantasy managers almost panic that, oh, I need to take my handcuff now. And it's way too early for a guy who may never see the field. And even if he does, he's not going to put up the same production of other players that are still out there able to be drafted. So I'm not a big handcuff person. Um, there are certain situations uh, where I, I will but it, it really has to be the backup has to be a, a good talent. It's got to be like, you know, like the Vikings, Dalvin cook is really good. Alexander Madison can hold his own. So he's somebody that I, I like as a handcuff, but in a situation like this, it, it's really, you know, nobody's going to put anywhere close to Henry's production really. So there's no point in taking uh, wasting a draft pick on it. And it's a dead roster spot for the better part of the season too, especially if he stays healthy and all you're doing is keeping him there just in case, Derrick Henry does go down. So, uh, all right, let's take a look at the receiving core. A lot of new names on this one, too. Uh, well, the most of which is Robert Woods. Traylon Burks joins the squad. Uh, and then they've got Nick Ikine Westbrook back. <clears throat> Notably missing, though, of course, our good friend Julio Jones is gone. A.J. Brown is gone. So now they're going to have to live life without uh, A.J. Brown, who had 869 yards last year for them on 63 receptions, five touchdowns. Julio Jones, 434 and a touchdown. Yeah, they're left with uh, Ikine Westbrook or Ikine with 476 yards and four touchdowns. And, of course, they welcome back or welcome in Robert Woods, who... Finally gets out of Cooper Cup shadow. Yeah, yeah. Um, shout out to my wife, J. Mark's wifey, because we were just talking about Robert Woods because she always drafts him, and I never like him for some reason. And um, she's like, okay, I know he got injured last year, but look at the past three years, 90 receptions, 90 receptions, 86 receptions. And then I was like, why don't I like Robert Woods? I mean, he's he's a very consistent player. It's it's crazy when you look at his numbers because he is very consistent. And now getting the opportunity to be that wide receiver one, um, I think he's going to do really well. I, I have high hopes for Robert Woods and for Traylon Burks. I think they're both going to do well. At the very least, I feel like he could be part, he could at least contribute what A.J. Brown contributed last season, right? In 13 mm -hmm. games, 63 receptions, 869 yards. It was still good enough for them to win the AFC South. So if if nothing else, if Robert Woods can at least get 869 yards, which we've seen him do with ease, right, in that Rams mm -hmm. offense, and having, well, who we had throwing to him, <laughs> Jeff Goff throwing to him for a long time, uh, or Jared Goff, rather, Jeff Goff. <laughs> Uh, it's a J name, whatever. Uh, Jared Goff throwing to him. He can do that with uh, Ryan Tannehill throwing to him, I think, at, at the very least. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Ryan Tannehill, definitely better than Jared Goff. So, yeah, I agree. Um, I think this could be a good season for him to prove that he's a wide receiver one and prove that he belongs in that wide receiver one conversation. So speaking of that, where would you take him? As as a, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you where you would take him, and then I'm going to tell you where everybody else is taking him. Sure. So as far as just watching him, Around 15, the 15th wide receiver. You would take him as a 15th wide receiver. I will tell you mm-hmm. that the consensus out there on sleeper is wide receiver 44 in a standard, wide receiver 44 in a PPR. Why? That's what I want to know. Like, what what is the argument for him being the 44th wide receiver off the board? Because I know he's coming back from injury, so that always leaves questions, right? But if you look at his history the past even just three or four years, like... He's he's a very talented guy. He's going to put up good numbers, I think. Do people still think that he's on the Rams? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, Robert Woods? You mean, because Cooper Cup's going to get everything. By the way, he, he's with the Titans now. <laughs> right, oh, yeah. Oh, 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 I'm sorry, my bad. <clears throat> so... If you still have it pulled up, where where's Traylon Burks going? Just out of curiosity. All right, we'll we'll see where Traylon Burks going. But in the meantime, as I look this up, I want to get your opinion on Austin Hooper. Yeah, so I'm a fan of Austin Hooper. Um, I I think he's a a tight end that kind of gets overlooked as somebody who can stretch the field. Um, now I will I draft him as in a ten per, uh, manager league? Will I draft him as a top ten tight end? No, probably not. But he's definitely somebody that I will, if I decide I want to back up tight end, which I don't always do because tight ends are somebody that if you need a backup, you like for a bye week, you can just pick them up off the free agency. But he's somebody who could have upside. You know, he had some good games and some good seasons when he was with the Falcons there. And I could see him kind of returning to that form um, as the now kind of the tight end one because I don't think Jeff Swaim or Chigozium Aconquo, Aconquo, I. Your guess is as good as mine there. Um, But I don't see them uh, going into his playing time much. And he's actually an underrated blocker, too. So I think he's going to be on the field a lot. I do, too. Okay, I'm going to take a stab at that. Uh, Oconquo. 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 There we go. Oconquo. I'll I'll bet bet lunch on Oconquo. We'll see how that one goes. (laughs) Uh, Your your point about uh, ADP for Traylon Burks gets this. 29th overall in standard as, oh, no, sorry, 29th wide receiver in standard, 31st in a PPR. So it's interesting to me that he's going ahead of Robert Woods because I, I think he's a good player, but, um, you know, I guess maybe people are a little hung up on the fact that Jamar Chase came in and lit up as a rookie like he did. You don't see that super often out of rookie wide receivers, especially rookie wide receivers that are on run heavy teams. So, um, those are flipped to me. I, I would take Woods above Traylon Burks unless it is a dynasty league where I'm looking for future values, of course. Well, I mean, again, it's it's a tough situation when you're on a, a team with a guy like Derrick Henry that steals just every single touch that's humanly possible. So we'll see how this Titans offense shakes out, and we'll see how this AFC South shakes out, and we'll see how you shake out with your draft picks from the AFC South. Again, not a whole lot of names that are stand out at you that are gigantic uh, superstars, other than, of course, the obvious with Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor and the likes, but uh, hopefully we've helped you break down and identify where you will feel comfortable taking any one of these guys that aren't on the Texans, other than Brandon Cooks, uh, <laughs> that aren't on the Colts, other than, uh, well, yeah, 
Jonathan Taylor. So anyway, all right, Justin, uh, let's wrap this up. Why don't you go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you on social media? Yep. Follow me on Twitter at jmarkfootball. And then of course on the SGPN website and app. And find his glowing interview uh, about the USFL on the, what is it? The Canton, uh, Canton, Canton newspaper Reposit- out there? Canton Repository. The Canton Repository <laughs> interviewed our very own Justin Mark about trying to uh, go to the championship or the, the playoff games and uh, how much he's excited about it. Plug the SGPN because he is a company man, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> That's right. Love it. Uh, all right, everybody. You can find me on Twitter at RJ Gomez. Find the fantasy world of the SGPN at SGPN Fantasy on Twitter. Catch all of the stuff we get. Now we're about to hit NFL hot and heavy. This is when the SGPN cranks up uh, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network website cranks up with all of our NFL stuff. And uh, this this podcast again will continue to shift now straight to the NFL as we keep you going with our divisional breakdowns and of course more dynasty talk, more Devi talk. We got you covered, my friends. We've got a long offseason still, uh, but it is diminishing ever so swiftly. Anyway, we'll catch you next time and next week. And until next time, let it ride.